0: Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. We have been in uh, John chapter 3 for about... 25 weeks now, I think. Uh, a long time, it seems. And Jesus is just coming to the end of Jesus' uh, encounter with Nicodemus. So Jesus is, we're still, we're still just at the, the cleansing of the temple where he, where he flung out all the the animals, up to 250,000 animals he put out because they were all indulgent and selling animals for sacrifice and making money from it and money changes were there and giving people a bad deal and a bad rate. And then he has this conversation as Nicodemus, the high priest, uh, the, the Sanhedrin leader, comes to see Jesus at night and he has this conversation about what it means to be born again, which we went into for weeks uh, there. And now we're at the other end of that. So that, that encounter's finished. And then... It, uh, it moves on, and we're at John 3.22, and this is, I think this is a brilliant, a brilliant scripture to finish a year on, because it's, it's very challenging, in a sense, it's, in fact, no, in a sense, it's, it's, total, it's totally t- challenging, really, and you Uh, hear me when I get into this John 3, 22 uh, I'll start with 22 and I'll read to 30 then I'll go back through it and we're going to finish John 3, verse 36 After these things Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he remained with them and baptised Jesus didn't baptise, just to say, because we'll no know that until next week. Or uh, Jesus actually didn't baptise himself, even though it says that he baptised. You'll read that in chapter four, that Jesus didn't baptise himself. The reason that Jesus didn't baptise himself was is because that would have been a better baptism when people are saying, oh, you get a real one and I got a on one. It's the only reason he never baptised. There's no other reason he didn't he baptise. In case you're wondering, why did Jesus no baptise? Because when the disciple, imagine who baptised you? Oh, well, James said, well... Mm, who baptised you, Jesus? Oh, did, oh, that must have been a really good baptism. No, not, so Jesus never baptised for that reason. Uh, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came to the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptised. Now, John also was baptised in Enon near Salim because there was much water there. We're talking about John the Baptist here, okay? Uh, And this is John the Baptist's return. As we know, we spoke much about John the Baptist in chapter two, uh, as he was baptising people and Jesus arrived. And it says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we read a bit about John, who John was. There's no greater man than John. We read a lot about John and then he kind of, in the next scene he wasn't there. He was no involved with the Nicodemus thing, but he was still going about his thing. So here's John back in the scene. Now John, John, also was baptised in Enon in Salim because there was much water there and they came and were baptised. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of, some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. Purification is just another word for baptism. <coughs> and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have been testified, behold, he is baptised and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourself bear me witness that I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, the joy of mine is fulfilled. He, he must increase, but I must Decrease The subheading for this morning is, is we must decrease. In order for Christ to increase, we must decrease. It's that simple. I know that's no rocket science, but you would think it would be in church today. The, in order for Christ to increase, we must decrease. Two musts. Two musts here in this scripture. Christ increase and our decrease. If Jesus is no becoming more, we will definitely be. That's for sure. If Jesus is not becoming more, you are yeah. becoming more. Uh, in every area of life, our importance, our obsessions, our needs, our desires, our wants, our prejudices, our greeds. If we are increasing, Jesus is decreasing. Uh, if your problem is increasing, I will guarantee you that Jesus is in- decreasing. And I don't mean your problems. We have more problems but how we handle them. Uh, and vice versa. If Jesus is increasing in your life, it's because you're becoming less. Yeah. Now, simply, this is this is a simple one sentence. Yeah. One sentence thing. If we are not decreasing, it's because Jesus is not increasing. Yeah. You could, that, that's worth the admission money alone. That's it. That's your, that's your go-to, as Callum calls it. That's your go-to 2019 message. You need to become less. He needs to become more. All right, see you later, I'm off. (laughs) Simple as that. And I hear people going on and on about their problems and their issues. And listen, we know we want to help people and we understand that. Their problems and their issues and they can't handle anything, death by duvet. And they've got no pain threshold. Uh, Absolutely no pain. Social media stops people having a pain threshold. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm not I'm no, I'm no endorsing it in fact I'm no endorsing it at all Because it's not very good But I watched a clip Of he, one of the Scottish comedians Kevin Bridges new DVD I don't I don't recommend it actually I don't He's getting worse And uh, I, I think it's Anyway I'm not recommending it But he did say something That I thought was dead poignant In it uh, And he talked about uh, When you used to be a young boy And you used to ask girls out no, you would have to go up to their face and say, do you want to go out with me? And you would get a knock back right in front of your face. You would have to deal with the rejection. No, you don't need to deal with rejection. you send it on Facebook. You don't need to deal with pain now. Social media makes you st- alleviates any pain that you need to face because you never need to have an encounter with people. And in that point, he's right. He was trying to make it funny. I, I didn't think it was that funny. But anyway, I thought it was true, though. Yeah. No, I hear people going on about other oh, problems, other issues, they can't handle anything, they can't control their emotions. No, And I understand we're on a journey with that. Uh, can't stop talking about all that's happening to them. And do you know when you hear that, all I hear is I'm increasing, I'm increasing, I'm increasing, I'm increasing. Jesus is decreasing as I'm increasing constantly. Uh, today in the modern church, the minister and the preachers are getting more and more elevated. Yeah. I go to so-and-so's church. I hate when people say they go to so-and-so's church and my name's mentioned in it. I, I honestly, I can't stand it. Oh, I can't stand it. No, I go, oh, is it so? And understand some things have got to be identified by something. uh, But the ministers, the preachers are getting more elevated, and Christ is getting diminished more and more in church. That's what's happening in the days modern church. They are now the star of the show. This is what's happening. Stars on Sunday, you should call it. Yeah, remember that? Stars on Sunday. That's what it is. Stars on Sunday guest star preachers, celebrity preachers. Well, Christ is almost an afterthought now. They seem to be the celebrity pastors. Purpose seems now to be to elevate us. So he's now elevated and his job is to elevate us. I'm going to turn you all into superstars for Christ. Make us into amazing. And that's the crux of the day's modern church. How can I get you if from no being great to amazing? This is, the, this is the whole premise of church today. We see things like, don't let anybody tell you you're no great. Well, I'm going to tell you today you're no. Uh, don't let anybody tell you you're no special. I'm going to tell you you're no. Don't let anybody tell you that you're not. in oh, the with God's eye. Don't let anybody tell you that. All that stuff to elevate you. And because people come through the church broken, we think we need to build them up and make them less broken. The best way to make people less broken is take lead them to the cross and who died for them. Yeah. Yeah. Only three things eh? we live by grace, and then we're slaves to that grace. Yeah. And our devotion is to be better slaves to that grace. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that. That's the alabaster. See the see the woman with alabaster. or oh, that's how she lived her life. She she was she was granted grace. Yeah, through her devotion. She devoted herself to that grace and then became a slave for the gratefulness of that grace. Yeah. That's it. To do what? To elevate him. Say, to, oh, don't, don't let him tell you, you're not great. You're the apple's eye. You are, you are amazing. You're invincible. You're untouchable now. We are teaching increase. So, what we're teaching in church, we're teaching increase, and as we continue to teach increase, Jesus is continually decreased. Yeah. And the church, anytime you see or hear our ministers or ministries being elevated, you'll see Christ being diminished and silenced. Roman Catholicism is totally about that. I mean, so, practically solely about elevating the papalty. Yeah. No, and putting big hats on and crazy stuff and elevating them and parading them through towns and cities and stuff carrying them in and thrones and all that sort of stuff that the modern church is no better today Jesus has became Father Christmas he comes out once a year lavishes with gifts answers our letters i.e. prayers and then flies into the night sky and comes back next year to see how oh, you're getting on me your wonderful gift <laughs> oh. We playing with them all as Calum says, indulgences or indulgencies. We merely are using them for our un- increase. That's how we teach in church today. We're using Christ for our increase. I know that. Listen, I, I'm coming for this. I've been there. This is. I'm not just. No, I, we've been there. We've been there as a church when you're constantly teaching that stuff. I read this other day and I need to read it out to you. You know, this is. This this all seem controversial, but. Listen, you know what? You've got to teach error as well as truth, okay? Oh, I, I, I get into bother something. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, oh we snowflakes. No, 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 no. Le- leave the church alone. The church is okay, is it? Is it? It's in a worse state than it's ever been in. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, the thing is, you have to teach error. See, the thing is, see when you're bringing up your kids, do you just teach them what's good? No, you don't. You have to teach them what's wrong as well. Yeah. Oh, so... Here's here's a thing here. This is absolute classic if I can if I can get it. Okay. There's a conference coming up next year, February 2019 in uh, England. Okay? Uh, it's called She Is. This conference is called The Reformation. It's a good start. Okay, good start. Wait till you hear this. Wait till you hear this. This is how this is how the conference goes, okay? This is the this is the synopsis for the conference. I'll get into it a bit more. This will freak you out, okay? I am quite sure. So it's big, big sign. The Reformation. Boom, boom, boom. Beautiful. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. Common book, ninety-five it is. Ninety-five, unless you get early bird, at seventy-five pound. I am quite sure there are many moments through history that nobody realised were shaping the future. When Martin Luther hammered his doctrinal challenges to that church door in the 14th century, 1517, that was the future of the church, and even more importantly, the future of every person's walk with God was reformed forever. Really? Really, was it? Was it everybody's new reform because he was Martin Luther done? How is is everybody reformed because he was Martin Luther? Go and say that to the Flake City Charismatic Church. Okay. the glass ceiling was broken and generations walked through the road. by we see the first bit I'm quite sure moments in history that nobody realised were shaping the future when Martin Luther hammered his doctrinal challenges to the church during the 14th century correct the future of the church correct and even more importantly the future of every person's walk with God was reformed forever really you can see I'm, I was livid right the glass ceiling was broken and generations walked through their own personal walk with God. Often, when I look through the stained glass window in the cathedral, I think of what lies at the other side. Outside? Outside? If you're not from North Lanarkshire, outside? Maybe outside lies behind it. I don't know. The stained glass window in the I can. I, I think of what lies at the other side of those wooden figures. Immortalised on the glass. What stories lie at the other side? And the other side of the staged and stuffy and the status quo. We get, we get what they're trying to do here, eh? Okay, you get it? You get this. This is subtle. This is subtle. This is taking the Reformation and, and, and absolutely taking it totally out of context here. Okay? So then it says this. The other side belongs to those who dare. Let's all be Luther. Especially these women. Exactly. Nearly had a heart attack. The other side belongs to those who live by faith. The other side belongs to those who have allowed the reformation of their inner hearts. What are you talking about? The reformation of their inner hearts to those who encounter with the living God has gone beyond the superficial. What lies that the other side of the breakthrough is so powerful? Is that, is that we are transformed beyond recognition to a time and place where our failures and our misconceptions of ourselves are swept up in a mighty reformation encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want to go there, do you? No, it's near to you. This will be our experience. And she, 2019, I believe in the Holy Spirit will visit us in such a new and powerful way. Our entire outlooks will be radically transformed and a new freedom and liberation will engulf us. My prayer is that we who have seen dimly so she face to face with love, and I'm not telling you the person's name. What? How out of context can you get? Okay, you know just read. This is Thesis 1 of 191. Let's see if it lines up here, okay? Seeing as it's called the Reformation. Okay. When the Lord and Master Jesus Christ said repent, this is Thesis 1 that's nailed to the door. Okay, I got this at the door. Okay, just in case. No that that's irrelevant, but I did. No, it just makes it a wee bit mere German, do you know what I mean? So, when the Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent. He willed the entire life of, to the believer to be one of repentance. Well, that's getting on today day with your synopsis for the intro. Let me read the synopsis for the speakers. Okay? This gets better. Again, I won't say their names. So-and-so is in full-time ministry for 26 years. She is recognised internationally. I've never heard of her. As a her. Dyna- I have actually heard of her because I know her. As a dynamic preacher and prophetic voice who brings breakthrough and releases faith. <laughs> this' is classic. She is known for her down-to-earth ministry style. Oh, is that what she's known for? That's wonderful. It'd be better she was known for a slave to Christ. She was known for her down-to-earth ministry style and is committed to the contemporary expression of God's power. So-and-so is also known for her effective training in preaching, hearing God's word and gifts in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Here's the next person. We'll not go too far here. This person has a deep love for the house and the family of God and has a passion to see spirit released through the generations. They carry the Father's heart of God. They carry that. Who decided that like? They carry the Father's heart of God, and we know through this ministry, we will see the brokenhearted being refreshed. What is that go to do with the Reformation? Okay, let me read, let me read Thesis 21 and see if it coincides with Okay, Thesis 21 Thus those indulgence preachers are in error This is Luther that wrote it This is the theme of the conference Seth. Thus those indulgence preachers are in error who say that a man is absolved from every penalty and saved by the pastors or ministers or the people's indulgences isn't that great? How much uh, these preachers been increased. That's not what the Reformation is. That's not what the Reformation is. Well, I'll tell you what the Reformation is. Here's, let's, let's look one more. Let's look at 54. 54's a cracker. Injury is done to the word of God. When in the same sermon an equal or larger amount is devoted to indulgences, I'll guarantee equal or larger amount of that conference will be devoted to indulgences. They'll be laying on their hands, they'll be shabba doing, people will be getting gifts, signs and wonder and anointing, where are you from, where are you from, where are you from, God's told me. It's like bloody comedians. Injuries done to the world when the same sermon or equal or larger amount of time is devoted to indulgences in the world. How dare you call that a reformation conference? Seriously? Do you know what? you know what scares me the most? That they would do it. Yeah. They actually are. They actually would do it. The, they actually would call it the Reformation. Crazy. That's not the Reformation. Here's the Reformation: Five Solas. Scripture alone. Faith alone. So, Sola Scriptura through Scripture alone. Sola Fede. through faith alone. Sola Gratia. By grace alone. Sola Christus. By, and Christ alone. Sola della glory. To the glory of God alone. It's about the word of God. Yeah. It's, Luther's thesis was to bring it back to solely about the word of God being authority in a life. Nothing else to, to highlight when it became other than the word of God. This is that conference. It's about everyone other than the word of God. Yeah. If it was about the word of God do women wouldn't you be preaching? In the first place? Yeah. Well they could be women of course but. No like that. Okay, let's get back and pick it. You can see how that'd be really popular, isn't it? It's not right. Let's go. No, so you've got to get women going. Oh, how is was that the Reformation thing? Without a Bible? Without a I many, uh, two thousand women. You probably about fifty have a Bible. The Reformation concerns we women. We need Bibles. Oh, we've not got a Bible. Got a handbag. Listen, I'm not trying to be male chauvinist here. I'm having a go at the the, the, the theme of the Reformation. Yeah. It's not what the Reformation is. Oh, some Holy Spirit anointing, asking you where you're from because God's got something special for you. So I go and read the Word of God. John three twenty two to thirty six. After these things, Jesus and his disciples. We'll just get back through this and see what see what the Scripture actually wants us to learn, rather than she is. Uh, After these things Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptized in the Neon near Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized for John had not yet been thrown in prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification, that being baptism. And they came to John and said to him, they come to John the Baptist. Rabbi, he who was sitting with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he's baptized. Listen to this. That Jesus guy, behold, they're all Baptists. This is what they're saying. He is baptizing and they're all coming to him now. That's shocking. I mean, I cannot believe it. They're saying, hold on a minute here, John, to John the Baptist. This is the followers of John the Baptist. Can we just have a chat with you here? This Jesus is alive and they're all following him now. Yeah. This is no right. That's what they're saying. We're not happy. Hold on a minute here. These people are now going to Jesus. Is this Jesus playing it? We know he's the one you testified in but I don't care about that. It's affecting my security. This Jesus is actually making me less important. That's what they're saying. We don't care about people getting saved. is what they're saying. We don't care about people getting saved and fighting freedom. We are no special anymore because of it. And listen, these people are not being faithful to John the Baptist here. It sounds that like they're defending John, but they're just defending their own status. Listen, no everybody that defends you is faithful to you. I've, I've learned hand ministry. No everybody is faithful... No, everybody that defends he's faithful to you some are really just defending their own status and these followers of John are no faithful people or gracious people they're self-indulgent their baptism was not unto the Lord but to help them increase their own life I've seen that over the years I've seen it here over the years where people get baptised for the sole reason to bring increase to their own life and no increase Christ and decrease themselves So much is done and said in church today to increase people. It's the whole whole ethos and the whole methodology the day in church to increase people. Or increase the church even. But few really disciples been raised because they have this competing self-indulgent I'm the star of the show thing going on now. And Jesus has got all these gifts, and he's going to turn you into a total superstar. Listen, I've seen this, and I've spoke to I've I've spoke to pastors and people about this, and I think this is what's going to happen to you. And what happens, happens. See if we keep teaching and empowering, and messages, motivational speech messages, then leaders need to stop moaning when they create a diva culture. Sobering, isn't it? I think I should have just stayed in the day. Listen. <laughs> Leaders need to stop moaning when they keep on teaching motivational, you're amazing messages and then crack up when they create a diva culture full of crybabies, self-indulgent people who want all the attention and want the platform and want to be the star of the show. If that's what you preach, that's what you're going to raise. You're going to raise people that are going to feel devastated when they're no picked, devastated when they're no included, devastated when they're no getting a turn, hating somebody else getting a turn. This is really what was going on here. This is here what was going on with John's disciples, John the Baptist disciples. They weren't happy that they were no longer the centre of attention. If we continue to teach Christ and him crucified and continue to elevate him, then two things are going to happen in a church. The follower will either decrease, yeah, and Christ increase, or they'll leave in a huff and become part of a Facebook troll brigade. That's what will happen. To justify their lack of submission to the word. Yeah. Mind the amount of people I know left church, and you say, what church you go to? I don't need to go to church today, because you were never in church in the first place. You were in a motivational speech thing. You were in a motivational speech society. That's what you were in. You were in a motivational speech. You know, you'd going go to Tony Robbins. Oh, go there once a year, just go to Tony Robbins and he'll tell you, I saved a marriage in 20 minutes. Really? Well done, Tony. How do you know? Did you follow the couple a bit for the rest of your life? Oh, to justify the lack of submission, they'll leave. Let's turn to Mark. Which hear this. Let's turn to Mark 9, 36, 38. This is John. This this gives you hope, by the way, because here we're talking about now John as an apostle John, in case you think he was always all right. Now, John answered him. This is is a different context. This is a, a a different time later. And John answered him and said, this is John having a conversation with Jesus. Then, now John answered him and said, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tell them he stop. We saw someone casting out demons in your name and we forbade him because he does not follow us, meaning he's no one of your gang. And what's happened here is, is just before this, John is actually, Apostle John, no, John the Baptist is actually reacting here to correction. He's been corrected. Jesus before this rebukes the disciples because he overhears them having a conversation about who's going to be the greatest. Yeah. yeah, so who's going to be the greatest and Jesus before us is rebuking them and who's going to be the greatest? John saying, Jink, will be me, Jink, will be me. And what happens is the next thing he does is to compensate his correction. See, this is what people do. To compensate his rejection, he tries to impress Jesus again. You ever done that? Guilty. Guilty. You ever done that? I'm trying to compensate his rejection and prove his worth. It backfires because John at this moment in time is desperate for increase. He needs to increase. His need, in fact, to increase is no diminishing Jesus. He's actually stopped people casting out demons in Jesus' name because he's no increasing enough. How amazing is that? Actually stopping the gospel getting preached because they want to be the star of the day. Actually, the gospel's not getting preached to the four corners of the earth. But in this occasion, people are not getting healed. He, don't cast out demons in Jesus' name. And John's reacting, John's reacting to his pride and his ego. You ever done that? You ever done that? You ever been corrected and then you go and try and impress again? Oh, no you've been corrected you've made a howler uh, you've made a howler and to impress you trying and go and do something again to, in, to impress God or impress the minister or pre- and all you're trying to do is increase again it's all about your increase all about you trying to become big oh, wait and I'll show you how good I am wait and I'll ho- now, you ever get to go to services and you the people that hold the note longer I'm like, just stop singing at the same time as everybody else. Stop trying to prove how long you can hold the note for so that you can go on the platform next week. You're, do you know why you're no on the platform? Because you're holding the note longer so we can hear you. Why am I not getting on? That reason. That reason you're not getting on. Oh, I was in church years ago and they got a guy. Oh, you'll remember this, James. This was classic. So the guy, we were getting him a turn. He was a brilliant guitarist, honestly. Oh. So the church... To include them, to make them feel special. You know, I, no, there's, no, there's nothing to make somebody seem, making them feel special than giving them a guitar on the platform. Mm. You're on this week. Mm. Honestly, the worship started. He was on his he was, he was standing on us. It was like Jimi Hendrix on the platform. Oh, God was nowhere near it. No, you know, worship. Just in case, you know what, worship. See the music in worship, oh, and we, we've got a way to go because we're having to transition. Fi, we're having to transition from modern rock worship where you can't hear the singing or the, space, or, or, the, or the noise of the guitars and the drums. So that's that's a, Do you know that? you know the heart for worship? What it's meant to be as is, is see the music. It's to complement the singing. That's it. It's not the music to drown out your bad voice. Okay, like let's just play the music and we'll just no sing. Oh, you're not even singing. Uh, because we end up being dead self... Listen, do you know why you don't like it? Because you're self- self-conscious. Yeah. I'm a self-conscious worshipper. We've got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a problem if you're a self-conscious worshipper. Oh, is it because you're trying to increase? Yeah. Uh, so the music in worship is to harmonise the voices of the congregation who are praising God. No, he drowned them out with rock music. That's the, and then all oh, right, we'll build this bit up. Right, after I feel it, I feel it, and all that stuff. It's all indulgence. So here's John just given an opportunity. Here he's been, he's been corrected. He's got a chat. I'm, I'm going to prove my worth here. How, how much does that make Jesus increase when you start trying to press people? You ever noticed that? The more you try to impress people, the less impressive Jesus becomes. I think there's nothing uglier, really. I don't think there's anything uglier than a self indulgent Christian, do you? Yeah. Really? I don't know. I don't think that. I think a self indulgent non safe person's pretty no nice, but see a self indulgent Christian? Oh, it's just like, whoa, is it? It's just like, wow. His need to increase made Jesus decrease. They're catching out demons in your name, Jesus. So, what I don't know is seen as I'm a brilliant believer. This is what he's saying. You know how I'm a brilliant believer? and I'm, I'm probably the best believer. Jesus. This gives you hope. This is John. This actually gives you hope. This is John, the disciple that Jesus loved, being a tall blogger. Really? This does give you hope. Oh, John, the disciple that Jesus loved. We've read chapter 1 and 2. We're annoyed, John. What's he playing at? you know he's playing at? He's playing at being a superstar. He's playing at trying to impress. He's playing it. he's an approval addict. We're casting out demons in your name, Jesus, but don't worry. I stepped in. Hoping that he'll go like, "Ah, you're amazing. (laughs) I remember years ago as a young boy, and this is probably one, it's one of my first memories, okay? It's it's, it's, it's a sad story and it's a helpful story. It's a sad story, but it was a dead helpful story in retrospect as I look back. Years ago I was on holiday in England and I was in South Shields with my mum and dad and theres a, I don't know if you've ever been there eh, in that area. You maybe have seen it in the Great North Run and there's—and it's just seemed to be this mile it's about three, three or four mile long a, a, a promenade. Promenade's a bit posh it's not even as good as that but it's three or, <laughs> it's three or four metre miles long a road and we were going to get the bus and I was maybe about five or six years of age can't remember, Run about that age. And I decided to dally between, you know that way you're looking for approval, right? So my dad's there, right? And I've now got a cunning plan. I'm going to show him how fast I can run. You ever done any of that stuff? No. Wait till you impress him. So I'm like ah. So because you could see miles down the road, like three miles, you could see when the bus was coming. Yeah? Yeah? So my mum decided, what will do is, well the bus is coming just for fresh air. Uh, uh, we'll walk to the next bus stop knowing that we'd hundreds the time to get to the next bus stop so I'm like ah opportunity opportunity for approval yeah. so what i done was I'm like ah I'll dilly so I could I, I, I loosened my lace deliberately to tie it again right so I'm doing like ah I'm watching the bus my mum and dad's way ahead now so my plan is I'm going to shockingly see the bus okay I know you have got to see this. You're going to think this is a wee shame, but well, it is, isn't it, isn't it? Right. So I'm going to see the bus, right? Then I'm going to shock. I've seen the bus. I'm going to sprint to the bus stop, and my dad's going to see me and going to go, "You are an amazing runner. I have you are a gazelle, wee man." <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for, right? That's what I'm hoping for. You are a gazelle. I've never seen you been able to run like. What a runner, you're you're awesome, you're amazing. Whoa, whoa, you are increasing me, man. So the bus comes, shock, and I sprint like the clappers, honestly. I couldn't have run any faster if I tried. You know, I'm nearly four when I'm running that fast. You know what I mean? And I'm sprinting because I'd new trainer zone, and now you can run faster when you've got new trainer zone. <laughs> you know, you're a wee boy. So i had new trainer zone and you can always run like the clappers when you've got new union zone. And I started running and I ran for the bus. And I just go up to the bus in time, and my dad looked at me and he's like. Own the bus, show off. <laughs> oh, it's devastating, isn't it? De- I was devastated. No, no, seriously, de- honestly. Just my whole world fell apart at that moment because I was just looking to impress my dad. I was looking for approval. Yeah. Now, at the time, you think that was cruel. That was cruel, and maybe it was, but... See when I see when I started to go to see when I started to look intently in the mirror at my life. That was one of the stories that came to my mind about my need for approval and acceptance. And I always remember it. No, it's like it's like John, isn't it? They were casting out demons in your name, and I just told them naughty because I'm amazing. And Jesus made a less says next, on the bus show off. What me here he says? Jesus actually if you paraphrase this, Jesus would actually be saying, on the bus show off. This is what he says next, honestly. In the new translation, this is what it would be. And this is what he says in Mark 4, 9, 42. Anyone who causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it will be better for him to put a milestone where hung round his neck and he'd be thrown into the sea. Oh, my goodness. On oh, the bus show off. <laughs> Isn't it? oh, it's not about you, John. You're trying to encase there. His pride, his ego, his need for approval... Do you know what it did? And this is what happens when we, when we start to increase and we try and increase. The gospel doesn't become exclusive or inclusive. It becomes exclusive. When it bec- the more it becomes about us, the more inward the church becomes. It becomes inclusive or exclusive, Sorry. I'll show you how great I'm our Jesus and I'll defend him. And it was simply all but John. I'll show the world my healing power. I will show them how amazing a preacher I am. Wait till they hear me. This is this is this is this is the type of teaching, this is what this type of teaching brings. I will be one of the speakers at the conference. See, I used to think that oh, I remember sitting a oh, black wait till they hear me at that conference. I used to sit at conferences, it's pathetic. I used to be sitting at conferences like ah I'm better than him. Jesus like, no, you're not. Because I was wanting to be famous. I was wanting to be in that position. And Jesus rebuked him. That's not the John as I bring this in. That's not the John we know the day. That's definitely not the John we know the day. And that's where you get great hope. When Mark wrote that event, by the way, just to let you know, it was after the event in John's Gospel. And after the event of John the Baptist. This is amazing because if you think about it, at that time when John the Baptist is saying what he's saying, which is 30 AD, years later, John the Apostle would have known he'd done that. Yeah. But yet he's still humble. Yeah. Actually, still willing to put it in. Yeah. So when you people say, like, ah, you know what, I don't think the disciples really follow God. Listen, see if, see, see if Jesus wasn't real. I wouldn't, be pleased. I wouldn't be writing about myself in such a bad way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. See the way that Paul Peter writes about himself. I mean, he doesn't—he's damning about himself. See John—he's that. Da- this is damning. This tells us that John has indeed learnt to totally decrease. John the Baptist, on the other hand, as I bring this in, was always a decreasing man. John the Baptist was forever a decreasing man. He was never an increasing man. Never at any point in his life. No wonder Jesus says to him, "And looking, this is what Jesus says about John." In, John the Baptist in Luke and Matthew's Gospel. For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. There's not a greater man than John the Baptist. Why? Why was there nobody greater? Why was there nobody greater? Because John the Baptist is the only prophet, Old Testament prophet, who prophesied of the coming Messiah and seen the coming Messiah. He pro. on. He prophesied of the coming Messiah and he's seen the coming Messiah. He never seen his fullness. Uh, okay, let's get back to John, verse 27. John answered and says, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I am not the Christ, but I have sent, been sent before him. He who is the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, that this joy is mine is fulfilled. And then verse 30. This is the, this is the verse. Oh. He must increase. But I must decrease. No competing. This is what makes John the greatest. John the Baptist knew he was no worthy. This is what he said to him. This is what John the Baptist said about himself in John 1, 27. There is one coming after me who is preferred before me. Whose sandals whom I am not worthy to loose. Do you know what that means? See in the Old Testament, see what would have happened as. See slaves. A slave's job was when their master arrived that they they loosened their sandals. That was their first job as a slave was to loosen their master's sandals. As soon as they arrived at the house, they'd be doing on their knees loosening their sandals. John the Baptist is so decreased as a human and elevated Jesus so much, he said, you know what? Even the the least of the, the slave roles I'm leaving even worth it, it Jesus? Mm-hmm. John, every turn, every single turn, elevated Christ. That's what he did. Every single turn, John elevated Christ and decreased himself. Every opportunity, how can I increase Christ by devaluing? We're not talking about false humility here. No, I've heard many people say, well, it's not me, it's all about Jesus. I've heard all these healers, you know. Uh, I'm not doing it, it's no me, it does it. Is it not? It's all about you, but... It's all about you. It's not about me. It's, I'm pressed, I'm preaching in Jesus' name. It's no about me. It's no about me. It is about you. It's false humility. In fact, it's an ad it's, do you know what it is? It's inadequacy masquerading. It's humility. That's what it is. Oh, you've seen it for years. Oh, I'm a healer, I've got a healing ministry. I've got I've got a heal, have you? You've got a healing ministry? Really brilliant. But it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Right. It's inadequacy. Masquerading is false humility. Or as humility? Do we honestly believe Jesus? T- Listen to us. Do you honestly believe that Jesus would allow people to go about healing and make themselves famous? I think John McCaffer says it a better way. Do you think God would impart such power onto people with bad theology? Yeah. <laughs> that's the best way. Yeah. Shocking theology, but you've got all the talent and all. The- Why would God bestow such power onto bad theology? From verse 31 to 36, anyway, I better go here. this. John is more or less just giving another account of the start of the chapter. It's, that is phenomenal. And then it says this. This is how much, listen to how John the Baptist, is. every word he says is to decrease himself. Verse 31. He who comes from above is above all. This is talking about the virgin birth again and he's, this is him going right into the detail of who Jesus is. He's deity. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony, he has certified that God is true. This is saved by grace through faith. So he's going back into the whole, he's just bookending the whole chapter. For he whom God has sent speaks the word of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things unto his hand. He closes with this scene in verse 36, which is one of the most amazing verses in the Holy, the Gospel of John. It's just amazing. John 3:36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life and he who does not believe the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides in him. There are right motivational speech message there, eh? The whole of John's gospel is about one thing. All John's gospel is about one thing. All John's gospel can be summed up in John 20, 31. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. He must increase and we must decrease in order for the world to truly have life in his name. The reason... The reason the church is where it states, in, we're not talking about she has conference that's nowhere near Bible, the Bible truth or even close to the vicinity. The reason the church is the mess it's in today, and where it's in the day and but less and less people are coming to church is no because we're no relevant to the world. What happens is if you start becoming relevant to the world, well, I need to be relevant to the world. Do you honestly believe the world is going to accept in your message? See, that's what we think. They'll know they're going to demand how you preach. They're going to demand what you say next. They're going to demand how you preach, what you say, how you say it. You can't have decreased, you can't have this. Because it's going to start demanding what's acceptable here. We think if we accept them and all their faculties and what they are, then they'll accept our message. That is not how it is. What they'll do is they'll demand next how to preach the message. Then they'll demand how to change the gospel. Then they'll demand what needs to be accepted. Then they'll ask you to accept this and accept gender equality and this and that and gay marriage and all that. That's what they start demanding next. And this all seems like, oh no, the church has gone all radical. This is when revival happened in Scotland you know revival happened in Scotland revival didn't happen in Scotland when some woman preacher from Australia came out to England to talk about our own prophetic ministry and how amazing in which your name and where would you come from revival happened in Scotland and everywhere and the reformation and the, 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 the explosion of the reformation happened because the word of God started to get preached without compromise yeah. that's where the change happens yeah. That's where we decrease. That's how we can become overcomers. He overcomes, will inherit all things. That's how we can deal with our mind. That's how we can deal with overcoming. That's how we can deal with all sorts of stuff. Somebody asked me the other day, how do you deal with my codependency? I says, dead simple, really. Dead simple, really. You've been saved by grace if indeed you're saved. You're a slave to Christ, what you should be living like. And you devote yourself to the gratitude of that grace. That's it. We're trying to hook people into your schemes and plans. That's why we must desire to die itself. Imagine everywhere you went it wasn't about you and it was about him. It wasn't about your awkwardness. It wasn't about how you felt. It wasn't about being popular. It wasn't about being liked. It wasn't about being smart. It wasn't about being excluded. It wasn't about that. It was about Christ. Yeah. That's That's revival. Oh, but the world wouldn't accept it. No, the world, wouldn't it? But them, who's foreknown? Maybe would. How do we know who would receive it and who wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. We've got such a, a mindset of being ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are so ashamed of the gospel that we don't want to talk about that so we keep on elevating ourselves why we must desire to die to self, to be crucified with Christ. I was at a conference, I'll close with this, in April. It was a total culture shock for me. Uh, me, Carlum, and Fraser went, it was a total culture shock. Uh, we went to this conference down in uh, Staffordshire, and uh, we went into the conference, and we're used to the big Oatmer, you know, the big Oatmer, because that gets you really emotional. I mean, we need the opener to feel good, you know what I mean? It's entertainment Then at the end of the day, isn't it? Uh, and then we... Nothing. We went to the conference and the speakers went up to speak. And nay like, let's give a standing ovation to this superstar here. Yeah. Never seen anybody trying to get elevated above the world at all at any given point during the conference. I've seen men and brothers in Christ loving each other and I've seen them honouring each other off the platform. I've seen them standing side by side with each other and loving each other and supporting each other and encouraging each other. I've seen them healing each other's wounds by hugs and cuddles. I've seen them accepting each other's pain and I've seen them helping each other through the despair and the the trials and the struggles of what they were going through. I've seen all that. I've never seen a man elevated above the word once it was a culture shock to me. I'd never seen it once. Not at any given point. I, I couldn't believe it. One of the, one of the sermons near the end, of the preacher was talking about 2 Timothy, a guy called Steve Lawson, a real fireball preacher. If you're looking to feel good, you don't want to be listening to him. But Phenomenal. About preaching the word. I'd never heard... I turned round and Callum—I—I I, I thought, I thought Callum's legs had been amputated. I've never seen anything like it, and I've been to conferences for twenty years. I've been in the big green rooms and all the big—oh, I've been with the stars on Sunday. And I'm not—I'm not Chris. <laughs> I'm not saying that because I'm glad I'm not. I'm not meaning that. I have. I turned round and Callum sitting like I can't move, because the word of God convicted him. Know the man, know the man who was preaching. Not the man. The more they preach, the less they get noticed. And the word of God propelled to the front. It was no about who's the speaker and this is what they've done and they're doing this and they've got a father's heart for people and all that nonsense. Who decided that for a start? Him? Her? It was just men of God preaching the word. And Jesus is becoming more; we become less. I will say this: I I, I studied pretty much, and I, I'm not against it. In the context, pretty much studied the mind and renewing the mind and psychology for the best part of twenty years. M- my office is full of psychology books and renewed but renewing the mind books and all, all the all the stuff that goes with that. All the stuff that goes with that. It's never it's knowledge, and it's no bad if you use it in context at times. It's no, t- it's no scrape to surface. It's no scrape to surface of what the word of God can do when it starts touching your heart. It has not scrape to surface of what God's word will do when it starts penetrating your life and you realise that you've been saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, for the glory of God alone. That's a whole different way of living altogether. And that's why we, if we keep on preaching that, we will decrease. And you're decreasing, listen to me, you're decreasing doesn't make you less. It just makes you it, it doesn't make you less, it makes you more. Because yeah. he who denies his life will have a life saved, There, eh? You know what that's good? No, he who gives up his life will save it and he who tries to save his life will lose it. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah. As you decrease in your life and Christ increases, your life becomes better and bigger and more as you can handle stuff. Because greater is he who's in you than he is in the world. It's no motivational stuff. When Jesus, when God said to when God said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage, you can do it. It was there a motivational speech. Be strong and of good courage, you can do it. Oh, I can do it, I can do it, I can, I'm amazing. Oh, the pastor said I'm brilliant, I can do it, I'm special. That is, it was not a motivational speech. He says, be strong and of good courage. And then he says this in, in Joshua 1. And the way, paraphrase to have strength and courage, is to trust in my word. Mm-hmm. Know the speech. Yeah. The word of God. When Luther had the courage to nail the thesis, he wasn't just getting out what was in his heart. He was, it <laughs> was about him. It was about him getting back to the word of God as the authority in a life. Yeah. <laughs> There's few things uglier, is not there? Than a self-promoting, self-increasing believer. There is. And we know that ourselves, And we should know that and we should be devastated when we're like it. There's nothing worse than sa- trying to self-preserve your agenda, you know? You're just like, what am I doing that for? Oh, well, I hope you think that. Like, what am I doing that for? That's no right. Who am I trying to kid here? Who am I trying to kid who am I, trying to... Who, what am I Who am I trying to impress here? It's not about us, it's it's not about our ministry it's not about our performance it's not about our reward it's not about our position it's not about our status it's not about getting noticed the life of a believer is about elevating Christ solely to elevate Christ that we may decrease so that he may increase So that the gospel can be preached. And we don't become a stumbling block to any. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages.